This episode is brought to you by Set for Life Insurance. Listen, docs, one of the first steps we took to pay off our student loan debt was realizing we paid way too much for our disability insurance. That all changed when we found Set for Life Insurance. They helped us with a customized insurance policy that met our needs and most of all, budget. To learn more, check out setforlifeinsurance.com. Hey, you. Yeah, you, the one listening to this podcast right now. I'm guessing you tune into Docs Outside the Box because taking control of your career is really important to you. Now, our sponsor, Provider Solutions and Development, they have a team of experts that are ready to guide Docs just like you through today's job landscape. They've also got exclusive access to hundreds of positions nationwide. So whether you're looking to dive deeper into your specialty work or let's keep it real, you're trying to find a healthier work-life balance, it's important to start the conversation with them right now. Contact them at info.psdconnect.org forward slash docs outside the box. Yo, what's good, everyone? This is another episode of Docs Outside the Box. I am your host, Dr. Nee, and I am joined by the Dr. Renee. I was wondering how long you were going to hold that for. I should have held it a little bit longer, actually, but I didn't want to take up the whole time. Y'all see how she's getting all creative with all of the intros and everything. I'm just, I'm really interested in like 10 episodes from now. How much more creative are you going to get with this? Oh, I'm going to have like a whole theme song <laughs> go in with background dances. You're going to need your own music video. Basically. I got you. I got you. Hey, listen, guys, listen, real quick. We've we've gone through multiple iterations of our description of Docs Outside the Box from, <laughs> we have. you know, just a podcast about ordinary doctors doing extraordinary things to the new business school of medicine that stuff still applies mm-hmm. but i'm really excited dr renee and i have gone to the lab and we've come together with a new <laughs> intro a new i think description new iteration a new description <laughs> of the show it doesn't mean that the other things don't apply but yeah. this applies right now yeah so docs outside the box this is a fusion a fusion yo a fusion of money medicine as well as pop culture boom I feel like I'm at a specialty restaurant. Everybody, breathe on that. A fusion of medicine, money, and pop culture. Let it sit. (laughs) What y'all think about that? I feel like I'm at Christian. (laughs) Alfred. Alfred, put it down below. A fusion of money, medicine, and pop culture. (laughs) And there's a lot going on in pop culture right now. There's a lot. Yes. We can't talk about everything on this episode. Obviously, there's a lot of things that's going on mm-hmm. oof, with women's rights. There's mm-hmm. a lot of things that are going on, especially with Buffalo. Mm-hmm. We can't talk about that on this show at this moment, right. but eventually we will. Absolutely. Uh, but, you know, the reason we decided to bring these three things together is because all of the stuff doesn't happen in a vacuum and affects you all, those who are listening, in some form or fashion, whether it's money, medicine, as well as pop culture. So yeah. that's our new description. <laughs> Everybody who's out on YouTube, thank you very much for listening to Docs or watching yeah. Docs Outside the Box. We continue to increase our subscriber count right now. We're in the uh, high 200s. Yeah. We want to hit you know 300 very soon. Hey, look, yeah. small beginnings, we don't care. Yeah. We jumping into it. We good. We're going to change the background very soon. We got new lighting. We yeah. got we we changing it up, guys. Yeah, we, making, we getting fancy, huh? Are we fancy, huh? We getting Are fancy? we fancy? Oh huh? yeah, we bringing we bringing fancy to this. <laughs> we want to get a really good visual perspective, but ultimately, it really is about what we talk about. 
Right. Right. It's really about the content that we put out there. So just once again, just shout out to everybody who's watching on YouTube. Thank you. And this episode, this episode is going to be an update on Atomic Habits. And what I mean by that is not an update, update on the book, but more or less an update on me keeping myself accountable to you all. One of the biggest things that we talked about or what the book talks about is making sure that at least on a quarterly basis or whatever type of interval that you want to hold yourself to, me, I want to keep myself on a quarterly basis. You have to be able to do like an inventory. You have to be able to do, um, what's the word I want to do? Keep myself accountable by, in essence, habit tracking, Mm -hmm. right? And now that we are in May, the first quarter, which was the first four months, I want to let you all know how successful I've been, what I failed at. And what we want to move on to on the next basis. So if you don't know, Atomic Habits is an amazing book by James Clear. We talked about it several episodes ago. It's about how making really small micro changes in your life can lead to these overall huge changes for you. It's something that for me has changed the way in which I look at life, the way in which I look at motivation, the way I look at you know, how I want to do the second half of my life and my career. So listen, we got a lot to talk about. So we're going to talk about how I work out what time I wake up, what I'm reading, all of these different things. <laughs> but, 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 listen, it is May. Yes. And you know what that means? What does that mean? Graduation season. Oh, yes. We got a lot of gifts to get for my youngest niece. <laughs> She's graduating. Yep. Your niece is going to be graduating. Yep. Um, Our from... son is graduating from preschool. That's right. That's right. <laughs> and that, that's how it is, guys. It's May. Everybody's graduating. And even people who are listening to the show, you got chief residents who are listening to the show. You got fellows who yep. are listening, who are graduating. So mm-hmm. y'all are graduating also. Yep. Med school graduations going on. Everybody's graduating around this time. And so. it's and it's an exciting time. Yeah. You, at this moment, have already figured out probably where you're going to be working at. If you haven't, <laughs> it's okay. <laughs> at this moment, I didn't know where I was working at. You didn't know where you was working at. Yeah. We decided to do locums, <laughs> and we were trying to figure it out. But if you have a job right now, you're probably wondering when is your first check going to come in. You're yeah. probably working on where you're going to be living at. You're probably signing your contract. You're probably still negotiating maybe at this point. Maybe, maybe. There's a lot of different things that are going on right yeah. now. So Yeah, so yeah. I mean, I, I really like graduation season. Um, speaking of, you know, uh, training and fellowship and things like that, I just remember I did not have a permanent job to go to and everybody looked at me like I had three heads. But I always wondered... What you mean you're not going into academic medicine? (laughs) (laughs) Or you're not going into a specific practice or at that specific hospital to go and work. Um, But, you know, I always wondered what it was like to choose that first job because I didn't actually have that experience, Mm -hmm. right? Like, what were people doing? Like, I remember people starting to look for their first job before they even hit their chief year. Like, they were thinking about that. You know what I mean? Do you remember that with your... Um, When did you start looking? Because you started actually looking for a permanent job before you decided to do locums. Yeah, but I was still in my last year of fellowship. Mm. So I think, yeah, I think that there are people... I think the majority of people look during their their final year of Mm -hmm. residency, whether that's chief or just your final year of residency. If you ain't been chosen to be chief, oh, well, it happens, right? Right, right. (laughs) The majority of people don't get chosen to be chief. But I think that last year of residency is when people look for jobs. Mm -hmm. I'm... Of the note that I think it should be looked at where you should be start looking at this stuff, whether you're in your second year or whatever it is your second to last year of residency, you need to start thinking about this mm-hmm. stuff. You need to start kind of understanding the concepts. And I think when I was in training, when you were in training, there really wasn't that resource to go to. Mm-hmm. Yeah. You know? yeah. So 
Yeah, I mean, so I would probably say that the best thing to do is, like you said, start really early. Um, you know, we're partnering with uh, Provider Solutions and Development. Yes, indeed. And <laughs> one of the things, one of the things that they do actually is they kind of train you while you're training on what to look for in that first job. You know, so that you understand exactly what it means to look for that first job. You know, because I remember when you looked for your first job and you finally got to a point where you had interviewed and remember that and remember the I think your mindset at the time, your blood pressure is going up. (laughs) I think your mindset at the time, which is when you called me, I was still stuck in resident mode. I was still stuck in a mode of, hey, listen, you know. They're going to give me an opportunity. Somebody's going to dictate to me how I work, when I work, what call I take, and so forth. And I had a hard time really taking the reins and realizing that I played, or I took, this is 100% my responsibility of what I accept and what I negotiate. And I just look back and I wish I had a go-to place to get the education. PSND has that. Provider Solutions Development has that. If you go to the website right now, folks, you will see on our new website, which is dope, you will see that there's (laughs) a featured campaign with Provider Solutions and Development. And when you click on that, like it is the go-to place where you can learn about the ins and outs of the position or of looking for a job and for me yeah my um experience (laughs) i can't i want to name the place so bad yeah i can't do that i can't do that but my experience (laughs) was really poor and it really shook me into thinking oh if i walk into this meek if i walk into this with hat in hand right and and i don't think the opposite of hat in hand is boastful right or like taking you want 100 percent. but i just if you look at it in that perspective i think that you run the risk of being taken advantage of. So yeah. the thing that I like with provider, provider solutions and development is they have webinars that right. are free and that they talk about anything from job negotiations. They talk about contracts. They talk about how to, you know, all of these different things, they put it all together yep. and you can register for it for free. Yeah. And um, the other opportunity, the other benefit for people who are listening right now is you got an opportunity to work with recruiters. Yeah. Right. And really, really start to kind of look for jobs all around the country um, and, you know, figure out where where you want to be, how you want to work. Um, you know, I, I just think it's so important for residents to realize that you actually have that control. And I think that those webinars that they have, I think they call them power hours. But those webinars are really important in real in making you realize that you have some control. Listen, over this. even if you first, even in your first year, guys, you should be listening. So absolutely, I think you should be talking with re- with these recruiters even early, early. So from your intern year yep. to when you are done with residency, yep. it doesn't matter. And look, from your intern year to when you are in attending and you sick and tired of your current coworkers, you want to get out of here. <laughs> You can still contact Provider Solutions and Development. They got you, guys. And that's why we're partnering with them. So I want you guys to check out the show notes if you're listening on the podcast. Go to the website. You'll see the featured campaign. Or check it out on YouTube. And that's where you will find it. Yeah. So listen, let's jump into basically this update, this quarterly update on me with Atomic Habits. So I split it up into a whole bunch of different things, right? So the biggest thing was, remember, I said that I wanted to change my identity, Right. I wanted to change my identity. And um, the biggest thing was I wanted to be known as an athlete. Right. Okay. I wanted to be known as an athlete and I wanted to do the things that athletes do. So for me, whether it is and what I used to do really was just, you know, run track, run Mm -hmm. miles and all those different things. I can't do that anymore at this moment. So for me, it started off as simple as waking up at 5 a.m. and putting on my shoes. I did that for a while. Then I would go back to bed. Right. Like literally I would wake up. 
put my shoes on, maybe even think about things for about two or three minutes, and then I would go back to bed. Mm-hmm. Just building a habit of showing up. And then eventually converted into, let's do some type of workout thing. And for me, that workout thing was, if I decided to do it on my own, it's not going to get done. Right. So that's why I decided to do T25. T25 is only 25 minutes a day. So Sean T. Yo, Sean T's personality. <laughs> I can't front. Sean T's personality, I like it. It's right. fun. Yeah. He knows exactly how to motivate you. Yeah. And I'm really surprised that like he's doing like it's it's high interval training. Yeah. Right. So your heart rate goes up and it stays up and then it comes down really for a short period of time. So mm-hmm. your metabolism is always going. Yeah. So I like T25. And then the other thing is you don't have to think about the workout that you're going to do. Right. Right. So I printed out a schedule. I put it on the wall. And for me, to be honest with you, I've been doing T25 now for about 16 weeks. Straight. 16 weeks worth straight. I have not missed a day. And um, I'm going to be honest with you, I haven't been in this type of shape. Since med school? Yeah, actually, since med school. <laughs> Long time. I, I was going to say since 10, uh, at least 10 years, but it's been... Probably since med school. Yeah, since med school. And even in med school, I wasn't even in great shape because I was just living off of yeah. what I did from college. Right, 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 right. I haven't been in this... Yeah, it's been a while. It's yeah. been a minute. I'm yeah. down 10 pounds. Yay! Yeah, I'm down 10 pounds. I'm bringing sex back. Hey, yeah. That's right. That's right. <laughs> I don't know if you guys can see the definition in my scrubs if you're looking on YouTube. Oh, please. <laughs> it's there. It's there. Wait, hold on. <laughs> Before we get into it, let's let's take a quick break. We'll come back and talk about the other set, uh, the other things. Here's a tip when looking for your next job. Understand your strengths and weaknesses. For example, if you've been practicing for a while, and you know you have a problem with closing charts, then it's important that you find a place that's going to help you have administrative help, right? So there are plenty of options when it comes to your career in medicine. But just like every patient is different, every physician has their own personal definition of success. And that's where our sponsor steps in. Provider Solutions and Development doesn't bring just one answer for all. They are recruitment experts focusing on who you are before helping you find what you're meant to be. So whatever you're ready for next, they'll help you find it with no quotas, no commissions to get in the way. So even if you're looking for a more collegial feel at work or just, heck, a more healthier work-life balance, they can help find the right fit for you. So reach out today at info.psdconnect.org forward slash docs outside the box. All right, we're back. So listen, I'm bringing sexy back. I got the definition <laughs> under my scrubs back. I think the biggest thing for me, though, is I feel there's a lot of stress in what I do. There's a lot of stress. There's you a lot mean of, for work? Yeah, and work. Okay. Even with this podcast, there's a lot of stress. But from the work aspect, there's a lot of stress. My heart rate is going up. There's a lot of life and death type of decisions I need to make. Mm-hmm. There's a lot of times where you're thinking about things and you're doubting yourself and you're moving forward and... I think coming home and not exercising really kind of puts me in the dumps. So mm-hmm. it's good for me to have that balance of, you know what, this was a stressful day. Let me go and give some time for myself. And it's 25 minutes of hard work. I love it. It's great. And um, I don't know if I'm going back to just not doing anything. I definitely am not going to do that. And I feel mm-hmm. like I'm at the point where if I don't work out, something feels Something's right. wrong. Yeah, something's wrong. So. so do you think that that's what has kept you like motivated? Because we've talked about, you know, with uh, Atomic Habits that, 
yeah, motivation is, you know, is very important. Like, we don't want to do that. But would you say that it's more motivation because you're thinking about what would not happen or the result that you're not going to get? No, it's or not Or is it more your system nah. that you've built? Well, it, it the system is... When I come into my hotel room, there is my clothes, excuse me, my workout clothes, my sneakers are right at the mm-hmm. couch as soon as I walk in. So I, I'm always reminded about it. And then the living room where the TV is, is very clean. Mm-hmm. There's water in the fridge that's cold. And I always keep the temperature of the hotel room like around 68 degrees. So you make it so you can't resist. Well, there's no <laughs> excuses, right? I can't right. resist it. It's attractive. Like, okay, we, we, we talking now, right? Right. This is this is made to work out. I'm made to work out. And the only thing you could do on that TV is just turn it on and then I have a jump drive or USB drive that as soon as it turns on, it's it, on. it brings on the directory of the workout. Right. So that it doesn't go straight to TV. I can't change the channels and put on, you know, right now it's NBA season. I can't put on ESPN mm-hmm. and watch games. It just comes up to the directory. Right. So now I've kind of taken out all the distractions that would you know, normally derail me. That's mm-hmm. gone. And then... You know, I have this checks and balances where I'm always texting you or there's a schedule that I have printed out that I X off. Mm. And I just know when I'm done with the workout, I feel great. I feel like I've accomplished something. So for me, that system works for me. And when I don't do it, I feel like "Mm, something's not right. Right. I don't feel right. And even with T25, they have scheduled days off. Right. And even sometimes then I'm like, "Mm." but I still know that I the. Part of the program is recovery. Yeah, yeah. So for me, it's not too... I, I, I don't... So I like it. So I think the system is working, and it's to the point where now it naturally happens that I have to work out. Mm-hmm. So I, I love it. Now, the next thing that we have, or at least I started to incorporate, is waking up at 5 a.m. <laughs> okay. So I, in part of my notes I have here, <laughs> while I'm away, it's easy. <laughs> when I'm at home, it's harder. Yeah, I've had to wake you up. Yeah, you've seen I'm that. like, I'm waking up at 5 a.m. just to wake you up at 5 a.m. <laughs> well, I think the biggest thing is the kids don't go to bed at the same time. I don't think we are as diligent together mm-hmm. with putting the kids together. So as a result, when they're going to bed, for me, it's later than when I would normally go to bed when I'm at locums in a hotel and there's no kids and there's no distractions. So, okay. you know, for me, I'm able to go to bed early. I'm able to wake up early and not feel tired. Mm-hmm. Whereas here, I'm going to bed later and I'm waking up and it's like, oh, like five o'clock. I'm, I'm just tired. Right. Do you see what I'm saying? Um, I am doing it though. I am getting up. It's not five o'clock consistently. Mm-hmm. It's like maybe 5.30, 5.45 or maybe even six o'clock. Mm-hmm. When I am at in a hotel on a locums, it's five o'clock. I'm up. Right. And I'm doing something, whether it's just doing push-ups, whether it's personal journaling on the camera, or we are, you you know, where I'm, you know, podcasting, listening, something. I am up and I'm, I'm moving. So I have to admit, like, the five o'clock habit is tough when... When you're home. When you're home. But I think part of it is the system of getting to that point, which is making sure the kids are asleep by a certain time, making mm-hmm. sure that it's quiet time for me. That's the part. That's the work. That I need to work yeah, on. Yeah, well, that's, you know, it's difficult, um, you know, especially when you first come home. You know, that first night when you come back home. Yeah, and it is, sucks because I was on night shift also. Right. And that really sucks because I'm on night shift. And I still keep the 5 o'clock. So when I'm at work and I'm on night shift, 
you know, I'll get calls throughout the night, but I'm always up at five o'clock and I right. force myself, whether it's five o'clock to look at labs or it's five o'clock because we got a trauma or it's five o'clock because a nurse's call or it's five o'clock, whatever it is, yeah. I'm up by five o'clock. Right. But the problem is, is when I'm driving home and I get home yeah, and those first several days, yeah. I'm still on night shift mode. Yeah. You're still on night shift mode. How do I wake up then, at 5 a.m.? Yeah. Well, the other, I mean, but there are other factors, right? Like the kids are excited to see you. They want you to do everything for them. They want you to, do, you know, give them the bath. They want you, you know, to put them to bed. They want, like, they want you to do everything, right? And so that becomes kind of, I think, part of the thing that breaks your system down, right? Is that have you factored in that the system has to change, especially when you come home, right? Because... I mean, let's face it. They're so excited. They actually cannot sleep. Right. They're very excited. <laughs> they actually cannot sleep. I'm up and I'm like, it's getting later and later and later. But yeah. So that's something that I'm willing to admit I need to work on. Mm-hmm. Waking up at 5 a.m. consistently, whether it is here. Well, look, I'm not going to even say that. Like being at work, it's no problem. It's the here is a major issue. Yeah. But... I think the key thing also is is I can't go back to just what I was doing before, right? which is waking up anytime willy-nilly. I feel like now, I've done that a couple of times where I've just been so tired, I don't want to wake up at five, mm-hmm. and I just said, I'm going to sleep, th- sleep through, and you feel like, dag, like, it's a waste. I just wasted like a good several hours mm-hmm. not being up and getting work done. Right? Yeah. So what you going to do? Uh, well, I don't know. I gotta work on. <laughs> I gotta work on a system to get these kids to bed earlier. I need your help on that. Um, they, yeah. they go to bed on time when you're not here, right? So that's something that we have to work on. But I'm being honest with y'all. That's something that needs work. So, so wait, wait, wait. So then you come, you coming home basically messes up your system, and it kind of messes up my system. I think initially it does, and then once we get used to it, it takes a couple of days, maybe a little bit longer, to get used to. I think the normal. Right. So, so but then I, you go back to work. Right. And then everything is, you know, they go to bed at the time that they're supposed to go to bed, but then you come back again. So that's, it's that cyclic. Right. That's, well, that's something that I, I I'm going to, it's going to take a while to figure out what the answer is. And yeah. be, basically on this show right now, I don't have the answer to that. So we're not going to figure it out. So let's move on. <laughs> All right, guys. I don't know why she's bringing this up. So the next thing <laughs> you is. You brought it up. The I next bring it thing, up. The next thing is books. <laughs> I changed my identity and took on the identity of I am going to be a reader. When I drive, I am on the road for about four and a half hours, maybe even longer. That is a great opportunity to listen to podcasts. It's a great opportunity to consume content. So that is my opportunity to listen to audiobooks. Right. And I went ham. <laughs> I went ham you on You went it. ham on audiobooks. I went ham on audiobooks. Okay. And I like it. I still retain the knowledge. I get the point. It, no matter what, it doesn't matter. It's still getting into my understanding, my psyche, my evo, whatever you want to look at it. I get the whole point. I don't n- literally need to read a book and physically hold it in my hands anymore to get it. So these are the books that I've read, uh, you know, starting from January, which is The Subtle Art of Not Giving a F. It's uh, an F. F. An F. <laughs> Atomic Habits, which is the basis of this episode right here. Mm. You Are a Badass by Jen Sincero. And then also Will by Will Smith. Mm-hmm. And these are really, these books, I'd have to say two out of four of them are life-changing. The other two 
are, eh, they're okay. They weren't that great. Right. So I'll do a review on them later on, but I've taken on those identity, right? So we're talking about almost 10 years of not reading any type of nonfiction books whatsoever. In the past four months, I've read four Did books. Did you even read fiction books in the last 10 years? I didn't even read, yeah. It's <laughs> so, not like I'm reading Twilight and so some wait. shit. <laughs> right? I was about to say, you yeah. talking about nonfiction. I ain't read, guys. That's 10 years of not reading a book. It's just medical journaling. That's it. <laughs> basically, basically, yeah. Any type of medical journal, anything related Articles, to it. That's it. Yeah. And that's that's yeah. a problem. Yeah. So these are the four books that I read. I've gotten. You've read two books, some books also, right? I've read, read some books. Um, I read. Uh, I read Will by Will Smith. I read um, When Breath Becomes Air. Um, oh, I forget his name. Uh, that was the that was about the doctor who unfortunately died from lung cancer. I read uh, Never Split the Difference by Chris Voss. Um, what else did I read? I feel like I read one more book. Oh, I okay, read Atomic so, Habits. So when breath <laughs> when breath becomes air, that was written by Paul Kalanthi. Yes, Paul Kalanthi. Yeah, um, and then yeah, and then I read uh, Atomic Habits by James Clear as well. So that's four books for you. Yeah, that was four books for me. So that's so. that's huge. I think that's. Yeah. I mean, for us, there's another book I'm supposed to be reading, and I now I can't remember what it is. Yeah. I better download it. Yeah, on you know. Audio and then right now, I'm reading The Psychology of Money, but that doesn't count as the first four months. But that's something that I'm really excited on. So those books that we talked about, those books we're all going to individually do reviews on yeah. in future upcoming episodes. So yep. now that I talked about those three major habits that I've been working on, reading, working out, waking up at 5 a.m. What about you? <laughs> Are you trying to work on any habit? <laughs> Because you were, you really weren't trying to work on the habit of reading. You just happened to kind of... Yeah, I just happened to... Yeah, I, I wasn't trying to work on the habit of reading. I just happened to, you know, hear about books that I was interested in. And so I was like, oh, okay, I'll, you know, I'll listen to these on audio. So I might end up picking up that habit just by happenstance, by right. mistake, which I think is actually the best way to, <laughs> to do a habit is that you just end up doing it and you don't have to think about it. Well, that's the easiest way. To yeah. Do it. Well, well, I don't know if the easiest way, but it's it's the best way because then you don't you don't have to think about it. You have you, you don't have to go through making everything obvious and doing all of that. You just kind of do it because it's just what you do, right? Because the, there are habits that we do just because. All right, Renee. We do them what also. what <laughs> habit are you trying I'm to? Like, it it sounds like you're stalling. What I'm habit? Stalling. What here. habit are you trying to build? So I need to build a, the habit of working out. Um, that yes I definitely need to do there was one habit you forgot I was trying to build and <laughs> I'm, I'm trying to get back into it and that is stop being a camel and drinking some water yeah you be holding on to some water oh my gosh what's wrong with me I should have two humps right now Yeah, what's wrong with me I don't know what it is but I, I agree with you there so we had a conversation about building a habit and I feel like a lot of the things that you were saying yeah, I feel, we, we had a big discussion. I about feel like that. a lot of things that you're saying doesn't jive with what the book says. So let's real quick, let's talk about the quotes from this book real quick. Okay. I'm gonna talk about four quotes from this book, everyone. Here come like Reem, I said, Reem Renee, new right, segment so, on Docs Outside the Box. All right, so here's some of the quotes. <laughs> Building habits has nothing to do with motivation. Okay. That's one of the quotes. Right. Building habits has nothing to do with motivation. So mm -hmm. don't come with me saying, hey, I'm motivated to do X, Y, and Z. It ain't got nothing to do with building a habit, folks. <laughs> I'm telling you right now, right? Okay, okay. The next one is we don't rise to the level of our goals. We fall to the level of our systems. Right. Goals are great. 
But goals don't last forever. It's really the systems that we have in our lives that help us reach or accomplish the things that we really want. Yeah. Right? Particularly when times get tough, Mm -hmm. when we get stressed. It's really based off of what we have built into our daily systems, quote unquote, whether you think you have one or not, that's going to get you to what you want to accomplish. Right. And and systems don't have to be, well, that's kind of what I was saying before. Like systems don't necessarily have to be deliberately built. You could literally be building a system and not even realize it. Right. I I, I get that. And that's where poor habits come in. Yeah, exactly. And that's how how people also build poor habits. You could build a a good habit or a poor habit. But yeah, it doesn't necessarily mean that you sat there and and were the architect of this um, system deliberately. More stalling. So micro micro improvements ultimately are what make make you better in life. Let me say that again. Micro improvements ultimately are what make you better in life, right? Mm -hmm. You're more likely to start a habit or to start something when it starts really small and then you can compound on that and get better and better and better. When you take something that's really big, Mm -hmm. there's more of a likelihood for you to stall and fall by the wayside that habit. Mm -hmm. And then getting 1% better results in, mathematically, I still don't understand this, getting better 1%, (laughs) getting 1% better means that by the end of the year, if you were to do this every day for 365 days, you're going to result in getting 37.6% better but, in a year. Yeah, that makes sense, Nee. Okay. That makes sense. If you started with one and you did 1% of one, it would not be two. Okay. All right. So listen, <laughs> guys. So the key thing with creating oh a habit, God. the key things with creating a habit, let's just do a quick review, is you. there are four things with creating a habit. And the four things to understand is the cue, right? Yeah, what's the cue? The cue is something that triggers a certain reaction. Okay. If you're hungry, that could be the cue, right? Okay. Then it's the craving. The craving is you may want a sandwich, right? Right. But the cue is you're hungry. Right. The craving is you want a sandwich. Okay. The response is you make a sandwich. Mm-hmm. The reward is that you're hungers, satisfied. You're, you're satisfied. not hungry anymore. So the cue the craving, the response, the reward. Okay. Okay. Now, in order to make a habit successful, make you successful at it, the cue has to be obvious, mm-hmm. right? You have to recognize that you're hungry. Right. You have to make it attractive, right? Which is the craving has to be attractive, mm-hmm. right? So what is it that, like, for example, if you say, hey, I'm going to eat like edamame, because I have a craving versus I'm going to have a sandwich or I'm going to have a hoagie. No, like, I'm going to have a piece of chocolate. A piece of chocolate. You're more than <laughs> likely going to lean towards the chocolate, the hoagie, right? Because that's more attractive. It's right. already probably made already, yeah. right? And then the response has to be easy. Mm-hmm. You have to be able to get to that really quick. Right. right? So you can make, a, you can make a, a sandwich very quickly within five minutes versus, you know, maybe edamame. You have to do a little bit more preparation for it or something. Right. Or you can make the reward satisfying. Right. And make the reward satisfying. So for me, it's like, well, look, how about this? If you are hungry and you know that you want to stop eating these big sandwiches, these hoagies, these things aren't healthy, make the cue obvious by, okay, you recognize that you're hungry. Well, the craving is, well, maybe you make a salad, mm-hmm. right? That is, You want to make a salad that's very healthy. Mm-hmm. So in your refrigerator, you have all the components of a salad that make it super easy to make right right? what if you can have a salad that you really enjoy so for me i know the type of salads that i like right and i know the dressing that i like i know what i want in there all of that stuff is readily available to you right okay so why don't you eat more salad well we don't have salad in the fridge we do have salad in the fridge but I got to chop it up and all no, these different No, you don't have to chop it up it's come right out the bag but it's not easy then what is not easy it come right out the bag okay (laughs) 
All right, guys, let's keep moving on. But those are the, those are the four things that are super important: is the cue, the craving, the response, and the reward. And then to make it long lasting, is you got to make the cue obvious. You got to recognize that something is triggering you. Yep. The second thing is you got to realize what that that triggering is making you do. So make the mm. craving attractive. And then the response has to be easy, and then the reward has to be satisfying, something mm-hmm. that makes you feel good, something that makes you feel accomplished, right? I can definitely tell you that, one, one of the things I would like to work on is my eating habit, but I can definitely tell you that there were times that I knew, like, I am so hungry right now, and the easiest thing to do, especially if I'm, if I'm on the road, you know, stop at a fast food restaurant, grab whatever it is. Right. That was, you know, that was the cue, the craving, which is attractive, which is the, you know, the fact that it's easy to get. The response is easy. I grab the thing and I eat. But the reward was not satisfying. Like I wasn't hungry anymore, but, but you, you I also like the way felt, felt like, yeah, yeah. After yeah. you eat Burger King or McDonald's, right, it's exactly. like, yeah, that Whopper looks good. But then afterwards, that sluggish like, feeling, oh. It feels yeah, nasty. I yeah. know exactly what you're talking about. Yep. So here's a quick example. So for me being on the road, I stay in an extended stay. I'm not going to cook. Ain't nobody got time to cook after right. a 12-hour shift. I just don't have time for it. Mm-hmm. So when I decided that I was going to look at meal replacement, I was looking at HelloFresh, and then I was looking at Factor. And I ended up leaning on Factor because— They're not sponsoring the show. They're not sponsoring the show, but we got a referral code. Right? Now, <laughs> the reason why I decided on factor is the meals are already made. Right. The meals are already made. They're semi-fresh, right? Yeah. They last in the fridge. You don't put them in the freezer. You actually put them in, in your the refrigerator. Yeah. Right? And so for me, driving home, I get hungry. The cue. I'm hungry. Now, the, tr- the craving has to be attractive. The meals that they provide actually are really good. Mm-hmm. It's good pieces of chicken or beef. I don't eat pork, but they also have pork. Um, they have uh, vegan meals and so right. forth. So the meals are actually really attractive and mm-hmm. they're easy to make. Two and a half minutes to warm them yeah. up. Yeah. Right. To prepare them is very easy. And then afterwards, because they're only anywhere between like 400 to 800 calories, yeah. you feel light afterwards. You don't feel that sluggishness right. afterwards. So for me, it's easy to be hungry, to have that cue, and to drive past McDonald's, right. to drive past Burger King, because I know that there's something that's really attractive when I get to the hotel. Yeah. And it meets, it, meets, it meets a criteria that you want, which is it's healthy. Absolutely. So yeah. I, for me, I recommend Factor. They're not sponsoring the show, but I will put my referral code in the show notes. I've already gotten three doctors to sign up oh, for it. Oh, good. Oh, yeah. yeah. Because I told them about it. I showed them the app. It's great. We love it. And then they look at it and they're like, yeah, I'm living in a hotel or I stay at my house. I do right. these crazy shifts. And at this moment right now, I don't feel like cooking, but I still need to eat healthy. Yeah. Meet me where we're at. And Factor right. right now, for me, at this moment is meeting us where we're at. We can talk about the tax benefits later on because, yeah, you know, true. as a locums, that is something that is oh, yeah. a per we diem. definitely do a oh, show yeah. on that. Oh, yeah. So tax this is what I'm talking about. benefits of locums? So it, I mean, this, stay tuned, so y'all. So these are different ways in which we're making the system work for us, guys. Right. Right. So for me, I think overall, let's now that we know that real quick, let's work on you. Oh, right? God, let's get I back knew you were going to gonna come back to me. I feel like that kid who like raised their hand and then the teacher went off on a tangent after they like, chose stalls, me. Guys. And then I'm like, oh, the teacher forgot stalls. about me. And then after that, the teacher comes back and is like, ah, oh, so Renee, what was it that you were going to you know, answer to this question? You're just like, oh, man, I thought I forgot. You I see thought how she you stalls? Forgot. She's stalling. <laughs> Stalling. This is all stalling behavior, guys. I've known this woman for over 20 years. Stalling, 
<laughs> behavior. So let's pick a habit. All right, all right, let's pick right. something that you want to work on. All it right. has to be something finite. Let's choose something real quick. Okay, let's let's go back to the drinking water because I did fall. Okay, off we're on gonna that. we're gonna stick to drinking water. Yes. Okay, so the cue is you are. I think this is easy. The cue is what? I'm thirsty. Right. I am thirsty. Right? How, do, how do we make it attractive? So well. Okay. How about this? Wait. The cue is you're thirsty. What yes. is the what is the craving? Mm. The craving. So that's that's the so that's really funny, right? Okay, so let no, let's actually Stalling. go back. No, 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 seriously. Let's She's go stalling. back to the cue. Actually, actually. Stalling. I'm not stalling. Actually. Stalling. Me. Would you stop? Listen. Actually, the cue is not really that I'm thirsty. That's my problem, is that I don't actually get thirsty. By the time I'm thirsty, I could spend two, three days. I am literally not thirsty. By the time I'm thirsty... It's like the third day. <laughs> right. And you know that of me. People think I'm probably exaggerating, but you, you've you seen me. You'll be like, uh, you haven't drunk anything. And I could literally not drink anything for an entire day, maybe two days. So I think that for you, and I've been saying this for a while, I think that one aspect the book talks about is to get this type of change is to take different levels of change. There's how does... How do you, like, what are the results? Is there going to be a results-oriented change with you? Right. Or is there going to be something deeper? And I like think an for, identity change. I think there needs to be an identity change with you. And I think part of the identity change that I've been suggesting and you've been pushing back is, is I'm healthy. And what do healthy people do? I didn't say that I didn't want to be healthy. Healthy people drink water. Oh, and healthy people drink water on a daily basis. Right. And healthy people drink water in a healthy way. Right, which is intermittently through today, so they don't get hyponatremia. You drinking three liters at the same time, right? Like you that would probably happen to me, right? So you got to do it in a healthy way. So for me, I think you should take the identity of okay, what does a uh, I'm healthy. What does a healthy person do? They drink water, and part of drinking water is obviously making sure that you are getting your (laughs) your renal system is working well. Yeah, right. Yeah, and part of it also is drinking it. So what's my cue, though? Because if I'm drinking water every day, like, I could literally eat a meal and never drink something. You've seen me do that. I could drink and I could eat an entire meal and not drink it. So what's my cue? This is my problem with this habit. That's a tough one. Right? Because I don't actually get thirsty. Now, when I am thirsty, I do tend to drink water, right? Which... You've known for a very long time that the re- part of the reason that I don't buy juice, you know, I don't sh- when we go dr- grocery shopping, right? I don't buy juice, and I haven't done that since before we were married. Is because when I do have juice in my house, I tend to drink it. Okay. All right. So help me. All right. So audience, type in. Help me. Go to the if you go to the show notes, there's a number that you can click on. I don't even remember it. There's a number that you can click on yeah. that you can text us and text let us know me. how to help Renee. But I think the cue for you has to be artificial, Jeez. right? Because you do want to drink more water, right? I I oh absolutely I do. All right. So I think the cue because I don't think you can force yourself to drink. I don't think you can force yourself to be thirsty if you're not thirsty. Right. But I do think that you can, in your mind, eventually start to think to yourself, I should be drinking more water. I should be drinking more water. Right. So whether that is a ding from your phone or some type of app that's saying, hey, you need to drink more water. I need water. to be like Pavlov's dog. Ding. And then right. I drink water. Right. So I think that that's something that we need to work on. We're not going to find the answer to everything on this, but you do need the cue, right? The craving has to be water, 
correct? And now we have to make the response easy. So the response, well, it has to be attractive. The attractiveness is, is you don't just like drinking water. Like you like water that's lemony. It has to taste yeah, semi Or it has to be from Brooklyn. Or the water has to be from Brooklyn. I'm not kidding. Like you think I'm playing. It either has to be New York City water or it has to have... <laughs> Lemon juice in it. I'm not. Hey, you've seen me drink. Shout out to shout out to peaches. So yesterday we were in Brooklyn, New York. <laughs> Yo, shout out to Christmas Addicts School in Brooklyn, New York. Yeah, we had to talk about that. We yeah. had to talk about that. So we were there doing. Well, Renee was there teaching some middle schoolers about what it means to be a doctor. Yeah. And then when we were done, we were right. Is peaches in Bed Stuy? Yeah. Yeah. Mm-hmm. We went to go get something. We went to get some lunch. We went to peaches. The water. It's Brooklyn water. Oh, Even I'm not gonna front. That water's good. It's so good, y'all. It's like if you homemade. have not had if you have not had Brooklyn water, yo, you missing out. Y'all. Yo, I'm telling you right now, Brooklyn like it is. Water. It's better than Poland Spring. It's better than Aquafina. It's better than whatever's coming from your Berta filter. Whatever you can talk about, I don't care. It's better. What's that stuff they spell that sell like really expensive, like alkaline water? Any of that stuff ain't got nothing Brooklyn. on Brooklyn water. I can't front. It's really good. Brooklyn water is homemade. I'm telling you. <laughs> it's like home. I've been saying Comes this. Comes from the since, aquifers I've been of, saying this of, since of upstate college. New York and stuff. It's really good. I've been saying this since college. It's someone homemade. tried bottling it once or so, at least putting in a carton. Yeah. Yeah, someone tried it. So that. anyway, but seriously, like you know me, you've seen me. When we've gone to Brooklyn, I will drink water like crazy. And right. I think part of it is I've been spoiled with such great tasting water stalling, that stalling. I'm not stalling. That now, like, any other water is like, I'm not really thirsty. Got you. All right. Well, either way, you got to make it attractive. So we got to get some water that you really like. So we can find Brooklyn water <laughs> online if you want to. No, we're not going to You can flavor it that. if you want. Yeah, I don't right? like flavoring it with lemon juice. I think that you're going to have to start putting water in various places. You're going to have to buy multiple water bottles, I think. Okay. And there's going to have to be a water bottle at the kitchen table. There's going to have to be a water table, a, a water bottle maybe at the where you sleep, right? Okay. There's going to have to be a water bottle here, down here in the office so that you're constantly reminded, ah, I should be drinking water. I should okay. be drinking water. And I think that you're going to need a habit tracker, something that you can X off or something that just says, I accomplished this. Okay. And whether it's trying to drink a liter a day, three liters, whatever it may be, there's got to be something that's showing proof that you're getting this done. And that's going to be the satisfying part. So okay. people who are listening right now, yeah, I would you be, can apply. I, to- would, I would be satisfied. Like if I had like something that said like, yeah, you drank two liters or you drank one liter, whatever it is, like whatever that goal would be or whatever. I, I would be satisfied with that seeing like, oh, okay, yeah, I did drink some water because I'm a camel. Mm-hmm. Make it obvious, everyone. What noise does a camel make? that make? cue obvious. Make the craving attractive. I don't know what the noise that a, a camel makes. It snorts, right? I don't know. You got to make I, the response easy and make the reward satisfying, y'all. So <laughs> overall for me, remember, the big things for me are... Waking up at five, 16 weeks of working out, I'm becoming an athlete and I'm becoming a reader. So what have I learned? So for me, I've learned that environment matters. Mm -hmm. Environment plays a big role in the type of system that you're going to build. So for me, it's very easy to stick to habits when I'm in, when I'm doing locums. I'm in a hotel. There's no kids. I know my schedule. (laughs) Your answer is to get rid of the kids? No. (laughs) (laughs) Hmm. No. But you get what I'm saying though, right? Yes, yes. Right? So the system is all built out. When I'm eating, it's factor, right? If anybody wants to try factor, the referral code is in the show notes. Yep. Water. There's fresh water in my fridge all the time. 
Sleeping is great. I'm waking up at five in the morning. Yeah. When I'm working out, it's T25 and there's a calendar there that I X off. Even if I don't have a calendar with me where I can X it off, I text you always. So right. I have that satisfaction of knowing, oh, let me text Renee because I know that she will hit X in the basement on that calendar. Yeah. Right. Mm-hmm. And then whenever I'm driving, which I'm on the road for four hours, five hours, or even when I'm driving to and from the hotel to the to the hospital, I'm listening. Right. So all of these things make it really easy for me to have this system that promotes healthy being an athlete as well as reading. Being a reader. When yeah. I'm at home, I'm not going to front. When I'm at home, working out is consistent. Right. I'm very consistent yes. with working out. Eating is not. Reading, right. Because that's Eating now not. relying on you to cook. <laughs> Right, which you're stressed out and yes. so forth, right? <laughs> I um, need to build a system, food. system for uh, making dinner. <laughs> right. Groceries and what I want to eat, That's it's just not there. I'm not blaming you, but I'm just saying no, that I know. I'm just, not very consistent with that. Yeah, it's it's difficult because, yeah, we, you know, I think part of it is that we have to build in a system that includes the variability of kids, right? Because I can make dinner. I usually make dinner every night. It's just a question of, what am I cooking? Because they have to eat something, right? right? And so what they what they might want to eat is not necessarily what we want to eat. And so, you know, I'm like, do I make two dinners? Now there's a bunch of mothers on there like, listen, they eat what we eat. <laughs> I understand <laughs> that, right but, now. you know, when you got a two-year-old. And fathers old, also, let me be. <laughs> right. Right, come on. Let but me when you have a two-year-old and they literally are not going to eat. Right. Then, you know, you could do that with a 10-year-old. Like, well, you won't eat what I eat. But a two-year-old, they literally will not eat. They will spit it out of their so mouth. So are we using kids as an excuse? Because I have on my list, kids, 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 kids I- are one of the biggest <laughs> deterrents when we're, when at home. No, I don't think that we're using kids as an excuse. What I think is that we are not taking into account the variability yes. that happens with children. And so it is our job to incorporate that variability you know, with children, uh, specifically with dinner, Sometimes I'm eating what I call, you know, what I call kid dinner, you know, which is not something I would have made for myself. Chicken nuggets and, uh, you know, tater tots. Yeah. Chicken nuggets, (laughs) tater tots or whatever, or some other, like even, even if I make a meal meal, like, you know, spaghetti and whatever, it's like, it's not that I want to eat spaghetti that many times in a month, but you know, if that's what they eat, then that's what they eat. Mm. So, and there it is, everyone. So we're going to keep this short and simple. This was a quarterly update on me building a habit as well as teaching Renee how easy it is. I got coached. You got coached. A coaching (laughs) session on how to build a habit. I hope that you guys understand how important this book is to me. And I hope that you guys start to incorporate this into your life because I think whether you are are a pre-med or medical student, if you're a professional who's just listening to the show and just yeah. like, huh, I want to incorporate some of these things into my life. I think that this can help you in so many different ways. It's definitely helped me out. Listen, make sure you guys check out Provider Solutions and Development. Their link is in the show notes. Mm-hmm. It's on the website. It's in the YouTube uh, channel. Also, listen, guys, I'm pretty excited about our new description, the fusion between money medicine as well as pop culture. Next several episodes, we'll be jumping into this. And um, also, I don't know if you guys have noticed, for the nerds out there who look at our RSS feed, Mm -hmm. our RSS feed has changed. We are no longer with Lipson. We are now with Buzzsprout. Buzzsprout. Nothing personal, but I felt like using Lipson was more like using Netscape in the 90s. (laughs) (laughs) And it didn't click to me after five years. And then I used Buzzsprout for a little bit. I'm like, okay, this is more like 
you know, what podcasting should be in 2016 yeah. to yeah. now, right. right? Or using the net now on your computer, like it, or on your phone. Like it just feels like it's more the, natural. Well, it's not that it's more natural. I just feel like it's current. Lipson is still, for me, a little bit archaic. For those who don't know, podcasting is a little bit different than YouTubing and all these different right. things. And I think the interface for Lipson still, to me, is a little bit archaic. Some of the benefits that they have are still behind what some of these other yeah. podcast directories out there are mm-hmm. about. So, you know. I'm kind of glad we thing. switched to. So. <laughs> <laughs> so, listen, there's a lot of big changes that are happening here with Docs Outside the Box, whether you are watching on YouTube or listening on the podcast. We really appreciate everyone. Also, make sure you check out our survey. Okay, the yes. survey is going to be in the show notes. And remember, this survey is letting us know what you like about the show, what you don't like about the show, yep. maybe some future guests that you want to show, yep. right? So make sure you put and you click on the show notes there about that. I know we're giving you a lot of things to do, but listen, there's a lot of resources that we want to give you guys to succeed right. in life, succeed at your job, as well as for us to succeed at giving you a better show. Yep. Anything that I left out? Nope. All right. So with that, everyone, thank you once again for tuning in or listening to Docs Outside the Box. I'm your host, Dr. Nee. I'm joined by... Dr. Renee. We are going to catch you... Wait, I'm not done. Hey. Okay, go ahead. Yo, guys, she is going... Yo, you going crazy with this. Going hell. You ain't the only one that could go Hey, y'all, write in. Let me know what y'all think about Renee's uh, intro. Yeah, text us. The singing. I dare somebody text us and complain about my intros and my outros. I dare y'all. Thank you y'all for listening to Docs Outside the Box. We will catch y'all on the next one. Peace. 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 Peace of love, everyone.